Hello, I'm Scott Millis, senior pastor here at Living Word Family Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that today's message encourages you and equips you in your walk with Christ. Here's today's message. Hey folks, welcome to Wednesday. The world calls it hump day, but we call it a Wednesday in Christ. Amen. Uh, victory in Jesus, that's what we call it. You know, I'm so excited about what God is doing in the world today. You know, we need to be excited. You know that? I mean, not just excited for the excitement, but when we know God is on the throne doing wonderful things, even in spite of all that's going on in the world, we can live a victorious life. And we're going to continue today, tonight with uh, victorious living. And, and I want to talk to you about being in Christ. You know, 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says this, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you know you can walk in victory because of what he's paid the price? 2 Corinthians 2.14 says this, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Always. You know, that's a good word, always. Not sometimes or a little time. No, always leads us in Christ. Victorious living comes from knowing who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. You know that a lot of the church today doesn't know that. A lot of the people in the world, many in the world are confused about who they are, or why they're here, or even, even in this world we live in, where what gender they are. Amen? I thought it was pretty obvious when I grew up, but right away I knew I was a boy, and I knew that my sister knew she was a girl. We never had those, uh, those confusion, uh, that confusion going on. But others would say, what's my purpose? Why am I here? What's, you know, and many Christians are that way. You know, if we don't know who we are in Christ and who we are, <laughs> the enemy will come and tell you and try to confuse you of who you are. You know, over in Romans 12 too, the Amplified uh, uh, Version says this, and do not be conformed to this world. You know, the world's kind of uh, going off the rails, isn't it? But we're not to be conformed to that, to the world's way, the world's system. We're to be uh, 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 conformed to what God wants us to be. Especially, you know, if you're not a Christian tonight, I pray at the end of this service, you'll pray a prayer and get, give your life to Christ. But for most of you watching this, I'm assuming that you're already Christians. But it goes on to say, don't be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed. You know, we're supposed to be progressives, not the political progressives. We're supposed to be the progressive Christian that moves forward in the things of God. And changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on God's values and, and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves, listen to this, what is the will of God, what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Do you know God has a plan and purpose for you? Oh, I don't know about that. No, read your Bible. Read your Bible. It tells us about the good things he has for us. And you know, I've often said that, that we have to have a new identity. When you met Christ, you know, we have become new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Paul said that in, to the Corinthian church. And so we have to know that. But you know, there are a lot of people that have accepted Christ uh, as their savior, but never made him Lord of their life. And they continue to live in a carnal life. This is a journey, my friends. We go from step to step, 
faith to faith, glory to glory. We're not to stop and look back and say, well, I've arrived. You never want to say that because you set yourself up for a fall. But also, we have to know who we are. Vital this day and this hour to know who you are in Christ. And so tonight, I'm going to use this little book I've mentioned a number of times to a lot of people and probably on here, In Him by Brother Hagin. Probably one of the best little books you can ever read, and you should read it every once in a while just to be a reminder of who you are. Because he starts out in this, our confessions rule us. How many of you know uh, you can go to church and you can hear a word, but you know Jesus said, out of the abundance of what? Your heart, your mouth will speak. This is where we get in trouble is when we open our mouth and say the wrong thing. I remember a man uh, said one time he was preaching here and he says one of the best things you can do is be able to say the right thing at the right time. Amen. And when you speak God's word, you're speaking something that's right. But but anyway, in this book, it talks, I want to skip uh, over to some, I'm going to talk about confession too much, but I will say when I, when I talk about some of these things in this book tonight, we're going to confess some of them. And Brother Hagin says our confession rules us. How many of you know that? How many of you know when you say, I can't, uh, it'll never happen for me, this, that, and the other? Most of the time, that's what ends up, you, what you end up having, right? Rather than saying what God says. And now what it says, being transformed, what? Transformed from who you used to be into who God wants you to be. There is a difference. There is a difference, my friend. But he, he says in here, we should go into the Bible, look in the Bible. He said, so remember as you find scriptures, and he's talking about scriptures that remind you who you are, underline each scripture, write it down, meditate it on it, and make a confession of it and begin to say it with your mouth. So what is he saying? Go in the Bible and find in him, in whom, in Christ, and begin to say, this is who I am now. So in, in, in part two, chapter two, in his book, he talks about in him realities, who we are in Christ now, born again. Well, he says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, you know, this is the way we get saved. This is the way we appropriate anything from God. Now, hear what it says. If, you shall, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Saved from what? Saved eternal, from eternal damnation. Saved from a life of misery and sin. <laughs> You're right. And goes on to say, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's what we're to confess. Here's what he says. Here's, my, here's his confession. He writes all this stuff out for you. It's good, and, and it's something you ought to be getting into. I, I go to restoration every other week on Friday, and there's a whole lot of people that, that don't know who they are. And they're just been, some of them just barely uh, born again. Some of them aren't even uh, accepted Christ yet. But I, I've been using this book there because it's so important that you know who you are. So it says this. Here's our confession. I believe in my heart, you can say this with me, Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe that he was raised from the dead for my justification. I confess as my Lord and Savior, Jesus is my Lord. He is dominating my life. He is guiding me. He is leading me. You know what it just said? I believe that he did this for me, for my justification. You know what that means? That means it's real personal. That means if you were the only one that needed uh, to be saved, if you're the only one that he had to go to the cross for, he would have done it. Amen? But he went for the whole world. Thank God. 
Amen. Then Brother Hagin goes on to say, of course, the first confession we make is the confession of Jesus our Lord. Being born again, becoming the child of God is the key which unlocks all God's provision, uh, uh, provisions and promises to us. The, this confession changes our lordship. You ever think about that? Hey, listen, I'm not serving the old man. I'm not serving the devil anymore. I'm, not, I'm serving God now. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Then it goes on to talk about this. He talks about how he wakes up and sometimes in the morning confessing, the Lord is my shepherd. You ever think about that? Get out of bed saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I do not want, he says. I do not want for ability. You ever think about that? I don't want for ability. I have the, uh, the life of God in me. He goes on to say, I do not want for strength. Sometimes you get out of bed, you don't feel like you're strong or, or you feel weak or something. I have the strength of God. God living on the inside of me gives me strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I do not want for money. I do not want for anything. The Lord is my shepherd. Now that's, that's a powerful confession right there. Then he says this. Now this is about new creation realities. For in Acts 17, 28, you can write these down if you're taking notes. In him we live and move and have our being. Well, here's the confession. In him I live and move and have my being. What a vast storehouse of power. Hallelujah. In Christ my Savior and Lord, I have life, energy, strength for the impossible task. You understand what he's talking about? Our confessions rule us. This is, when you begin to quote scriptures like that, you begin to be transformed, my friends. You can't be transformed without the word of God. You can't be transformed just because you heard about Jesus, but you, you never really delved into what his word says about you. You're still, you may accept him as your savior and yet go ahead and live your carnal life. In other words, you're saying, uh, I, I'll never change or it'll never be good for me. No, you gotta get in this word and find out what he said about you, amen? It goes in first or John 15, 5 and 7. I am, I am the vine, ye are the branches. Now, who said that? Jesus. These are the words of Jesus, the master. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, what is Brother Higgin talking about? Here's a confession. We're going to talk about that. I abide in him. You need to say that every, every so often. I abide in you, Lord. Thank God I abide in you. I live in him. I live in you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for dying for me. And it goes on to say, he is the vine, I am the branch. The vine is in the branch and the branch is in the vine. His life, the life of God is in me. You ever think about that? The very spirit, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. Hallelujah. And you. Think about it. You got to be saying that. It'll give you strength. It'll give you uh, joy. It'll give you encouragement. It'll give you uh, victory in your life. That's what we're talking about. The victorious living, victorious life. Amen. He goes on to say his nature, the love nature is in me. Well, if the love nature is in you, guess what? It can come out of you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You have, I got the love of God in me. I got the joy of God in me. I got the peace of God in me. You're saying things that will put you over and begin to transform your life. Amen. Just as blood flows through my natural body, his life flows through my inner man. I will let the life and love dominate me. Amen. 
How about letting God dominate your life? Now, Brother Hagin writes this. When one is born again, he comes into Christ. That is the only way you can get in him. But then Jesus said, if my words abide in you. How important is the Bible? How important is it for you to have an appointment with God where you're reading your Bible, quoting the Bible, speaking the Bible, and, 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 and hearing what God says to you through that word? Amen? Abides means to live. His word lives in me to the extent that I practice it. Whew, that's a big statement right there. His, his word abides in me to the extent that I practice it. You know, anything in the world that you want to accomplish, you're going to have to practice. I don't care what it is. You go to school to learn a trade or something, but you've got to get out and practice it. You can't just say, well, I know about it. That's one thing, but the Bible says what? Be ye doers of the word, James said, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Do you know it's wonderful? I'm glad that you come to church. We had a wonderful service on Sunday, by the way, on Resurrection Sunday. But just attending uh, a church doesn't make you a doer. What makes you a doer is when you know the word and you begin to put action to it. So you become a doer of the word. So that's, that's the whole point of that. Then it says that's uh, and in other words, he says, many Christians are born again and in him, but his word is not abiding in them. So that's, then it goes on to say, that's why prayer doesn't work for them. The word abides in me in the measure I practice it. I may memorize it, quote it, or even preach it without living it in me, without it living in me. The word lives in me only to the measure, what? There he said it again, I practice it. Are you practicing what you say? When it says, be a doer of the word, I've heard it said, and look it up. If you look up the word doer, it means poet. And what's that mean? It means poetic performer. It means you say what God said. I think I've said this before here. You remember years ago, some of you will remember how Holbrook did uh, a, a one-person stage play uh, of Mark Twain. And he dressed up as Mark Twain. And he spoke the words that Mark Twain had said, and you would have swore it was Mark Twain. And that's how good it was. Well, he was a poetic performer. That's what we're to be. We're to say what God says about us and about our situation and circumstances. Amen? The word lives in me only for the measure I practice it. I let the word have free course in me, teaching me, governing me, dominating me. I let the message of that word take place in my life that I would give Christ if he were here in the flesh. Now, here's what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It goes on to say, here's what he says, a confession. You ever say this about yourself? I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. <laughs> I'm a new creation being with the life of God, the nature of God, and the ability of God within me. Wow. You ever tell yourself that? Now you're beginning to change your identity, you know? Change your identity to who he says you are rather than what the enemy has said or your old nature. You know, that's why we're to do that. A Christian is not uh, renovated like a mattress. He is a new creation or a new creature. He is not just made over. He is a new creation, something which never before existed. Once translated, once translated it says he is a new species. You ever thinking about that? A new species of being. You're a Christian. The Christian at new birth does not have a new physical body, though he will one day. How many of you know we're going to have a glorified body someday? Not yet, 
This body's <laughs> the moment you are born into this earth, you're on your way to death. It doesn't matter. I mean, you might live to be a hundred, but a hundred years, what's that? It's, the Bible calls it like a vapor. It's here one minute and gone the next. That's how quickly it'll go. Now, it says the Christian at new birth does not have a new, a new physical body, although he will have one one day. It is the man on the inside of his new creation. The old man who used to be there is gone. You ever think about that? You tell that old man, don't try to raise your head up and come back into me. That old man's dead. I've told you that story many times. I run into people I've known 40 years ago and they'll start talking about the old time. I said, haven't you heard? That old man's died. <laughs> they don't quite understand what I'm saying. And I say it kind of jokingly, but it's the truth. I'm not the same person I was before I got saved at 29 years old. You know, that's been over 40 some years ago now. Amen. That's not me anymore. And it shouldn't be you. Amen. The inner man is the real you, it says. And the inner, inner, inward man, the real man, is a new creation. He takes on the very life and nature of God. You ever think about that? Hold fast to your confession so that, that you are a new creature. Then the new man on the inside will be manifest on the outside through the flesh. Learn to let this new man on the inside dominate the outward man. Wow, that's what we're to do. This is called renewing your mind. That's being transformed, what I read earlier. Now, God is, hey, Brother Hagen continues on here. God is looking for a, that new man in Christ when he looks at you. And we look uh, much better in Christ than we do out of ourselves or out of him. We can't see each other in Christ. We look at each other from the natural standpoint, but God looks at us in him. That's who we are in him. Now, Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Now, the confession is, I am his workmanship. He made me a new creation. Isn't that good news? I mean, that's good news tonight. See, some of you and, and myself, I'm, I have to remind myself why I tell people read this book over because it reminds me of who I am. You need to be reminded on a regular basis. You need to remind yourself, this is who I am. <laughs> I'm a born again, ba uh, uh, fire baptized, born again, uh, uh, new, new creation. Amen. 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 We don't make ourselves new creatures. We, he did. We are his workmanship. And you'd be better off, better be careful about how you talk about his workmanship. You ever think about that? When you call yourself an old sinner, old, old this or old that, I can't do this. You're talking about his workmanship. That's what he's saying. Be careful to say some, uh, to say the same thing about his workmanship that he says about it in his word. Be careful not to slur or mock, mock God by saying, oh, I'm so poor and weak and unworthy. I'll never amount to anything. He didn't make you he didn't make you that kind of new creation or creature. He he made you a worthy new creature. He made you a new cre creature who can stand in his presence as though you never committed a sin. Wow. Is that powerful today? We need to continue. You know when you know who you are, <laughs> you'll be bold, you'll be loving, you'll be kind when you know who you are in Christ because that's who he is. I've said this many times. I said it at our prayer meeting today. We got talking about similar things today at our noon prayer meeting. He wants us to look like him or us and act like him. 
Do you want to act like him? I can't change my physical looks to, to look like him. That's not the point. We want to look like ourselves and act like him. So you can say, Christ in me. You should say this, Christ in me, now the hope of glory, the hope for somebody else coming to know by the way I act and what I say and what I do will bring others to a saving knowledge of Christ. It'll bring, draw them. You know, we're, that's what we're to do. We're to draw them in Jesus' name, amen? So it did, uh, goes on to say, he made you righteous, a new creation or new creature. Start telling who you actually are instead of what you think you are or who you think you are. Amen? Now, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, listen to this. Now, this is all about who we are in Christ. This is all about the new creation that we are in Christ. So it says this, For he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Listen, you couldn't have made yourself righteous if you wanted to, Right? Because we were old sinners. Well, not anymore, but here's our confession. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. My standing with God is secure. My prayers avail much. James 5.16. We fearless de declare that God has made us righteous. You ought to tell yourself, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. It, what's that mean? I have right standing with God. Amen? That's what it means. Jesus, who is the righteous, became our righteousness. Therefore, we can stand in the presence of God as though we had never done wrong. It goes on to say we can stand in God's presence without a sense of condemnation or spiritual inferiority. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful stuff. You, see, you know, and, and what it is, it's what the Bible says. It's what the Bible says. We, you know, the biggest thing we can do is learn what the Bible says and just then begin to do it. Begin to be obedient. If it says you're a new creation in Christ, if he says you're the righteousness of God in Christ, then you have to say that because let God be true and every man a liar. When you don't say, when you say things like what I just mentioned, I can't do this, I'm no good, I'm that, you're making God out a liar because he said you are when you've accepted Christ, amen? Romans 8, 8 1 says this, there is therefore no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Here's my confession. Because I'm in Christ Jesus, right now, present tense, there is no sense of condemnation about me. How many of you know the devil is the condemner? He's a, he's a condemner. He's, a, uh, uh, he, he's always out to, to make us feel guilty. He's always out to make us feel bad. But God, God will correct, but he doesn't condemn. That's the good news. He, uh, in 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He's made us into that. And here's a confession. Christ Jesus, my Lord, is my wisdom. Ever think about you need wisdom? James said, if you lack wisdom, boy, we're rolling along today. If you lack wisdom, you're to ask, right? Amen. So he says, he is my wisdom. Amen. He is my righteousness. He is my sanctification. Wow. Have you been born again, saved, sanctified? They used to call that sanctification. He is my sanctification. Amen. He is my redemption. He's redeemed me. I was lost, couldn't save myself, didn't know where to look to, to find myself. But he redeemed me out of sin, sickness, poverty, perversion. And he set my feet on solid ground and made me on my way to heaven. 
I don't care if you know the Lord, you were past today, you'd be in heaven to be in his presence. Amen. So we've moved through some things. I'm probably going to pick this up next week. Only got a few minutes left. But I want to tell you today, if you don't know Christ, call upon the name of the Lord. That, that scripture I read in Romans 10, 9 and 10, 8, 9 and 10, actually, if you want to go read it, go read it and say, this is what I believe. This is for me. Jesus, come into my life and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I begin to have my life transformed from where I used to be into what you want me to be. Amen? Amen. That's good news. I'm telling you, I get so excited thinking about what when I read these because I, I know this is about who we are. This is about my identity now. I mean, uh, you know, listen, we, none of us do everything perfect, but we have a Savior that did, and we can rely on Him. We've got forgiveness, we got mercy, and we got grace for going on ahead. Amen? Amen. So let us pray. Father, we thank you today. Oh, God, we thank you that in Christ we live and move and have our being. I thank you. I'll read this scripture again. Thanks be to God who gives us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. May we all know who we are in Christ. May we watch what we say. May we fill our hearts with your word and begin to say what you say about us. Because <laughs> when we do that, we can begin to move from glory to glory and faith to faith, walking out this salvation, which Paul said, do it with fear and trembling, knowing that God is for us and not against us. So I pray for everyone to sound my voice. Would we get a hold of what he says about us, what you say about us, Lord? And we just thank you that we're going to be changed, <laughs> changed as we walk this, this journey out in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good to be with you tonight. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you enjoyed today's message, consider sharing it with a friend. For more content and information about Living Word, check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. And remember to live the gospel and preach the gospel.